Welcome to the Peavine Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Joel Sutherland, so that we can help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. You can always join us in person each Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 11 here on our beautiful campus in Rock Spring, Georgia. Pastor Joel is in a sermon series now called Grow. What you sow will grow. And uh, our foundation for uh, this sermon series is Galatians 6, 7. It says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that will he also reap. And Pastor Joel has talked about um, some things that we can sow that will have a negative consequence. And we've learned about some of those things over the last few weeks. He's also uh, talked about some things that we can sow that will have a positive outcome in our life. And so uh, we want to look at one of those things uh, this morning as we look together and talk about sowing seeds of service. Sowing seeds of service. How can we get involved to grow the kingdom of God uh, in Peavine City, and we're going to talk about that together in just a minute. Hey, uh, you, you guys are expecting, and I, I don't want to disappoint, you guys are expecting some commentary uh, on football from yesterday, right? I mean, you, you, I'm sure that, that you, you, anticipate, you, you, you want what you paid for, right? And so I, I want to give that to you, and um, uh, I... I uh, you, you probably have never uh, heard commentary uh, from a Bama fan. And um, uh, I, 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 I want you to know that I grew up in Tuscaloosa, and so I, I come by it honest. I was a, I was a Bama fan when uh, Bear Bryant was the coach at the University of Alabama. I, I went to a, a football game, Iron Bowl game, at Legion Field when he was coaching, and, um, and so... Um, I've been a Bama fan for a long time, and, and here, here's what I know. Uh, I, I've also been a Bama fan when Mike DeBose was the coach, and Francione was the coach, and Mike Shula was the coach. And so I, I want to say this morning, Tennessee, I feel your pain. Like, there, there was a time in Alabama football history where we said, this is our year, right? Um, we didn't say it for as many years as you all have. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but, 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 but we said it. And, um, and, and uh, I, I looked on Facebook last night and um, I saw a lot of uh, Georgia fans. By the way, I don't talk trash. I really don't. And I, I don't think I've done any trash talking so far this morning. But, but Georgia fans, I saw them doing a lot of trash talking about Tennessee uh, on Facebook last night. And I just want to remind all the Georgia fans, Tennessee has won a national championship since you have. And uh, I don't know if you're aware of that, um, but uh, that, that is the case. And um, so uh, sometimes a spirit of humility uh, goes a long way when it comes to football. We got football out of the way. We don't talk about sowing seeds of service. And the, book, the passage of Scripture that we want to look at is Ephesians. Um, this is a letter that Paul was writing to the church of Ephesus. And this particular portion of Scripture that we're going to look at this morning is um, a prayer that Paul prayed over the church of Ephesians. And in many ways, um, this prayer is our prayer um, for us as a church. And so uh, let's read this passage of Scripture together. 
Give me back. Yeah, there you go. Okay, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. This is a a passage of scripture. Paul's praying over the church at Ephesus and he's saying, hey, I want you to know God. I want you to connect with God and I want you to know how to connect using your gifts to make a difference in the body of Christ right where you are. And so uh, that is our prayer uh, for you this morning. We, we have, uh, Pastor Joel asked me uh, on this Sunday to kind of talk through C4. C4 is our new mechanism for getting people plugged in and serving in their area of giftedness, passion, abilities, um, and strengths. And so we want to get you plugged in. C4 is that mechanism. We start uh, C4 next Sunday, and we want everybody in the church to go through C4, whether you're new or you've been here since the church was founded in 1836. We want you to go through um, C4. We think it'll be good for you. And so... Um, <clears throat> I just kind of want to go through briefly uh, the outline for C4 and let you know uh, the things that we will be talking about. The first thing we're going to talk about in C4 is connecting with God. Connect with God. We want you to connect with God. And that not only means a relationship with Jesus Christ, but it also means connecting with Him on a daily basis and spending time with Him and learning and growing uh, in your faith life with Him. The truth is, nothing else that I'm going to say this morning makes any difference to you unless you have this one right. Connecting with God means that you have begun a personal relationship with Him. It means that you have understood in your life that you're in a center, and it's not your fault. It's the fault of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. God made everything perfect. He put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and He gave them one rule. Don't eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Adam and Eve disobeyed God. And even though we were created in the image of God, ever since that day, we look more like Adam than we do God. And we have to understand that. The good news is this. You know, with my own kids and my grandkids, there's not enough, there's not a dirty diaper, there's not a snotty nose, there's not enough drool. There's not enough peas and carrots all over their face. There's not enough messiness to make me not want to pick them up and love on them. God is the same way towards us. And even though our sin is messy, God loves us. And he sent Jesus to die on the cross to pay for our sins. And if we are willing to admit that we're sinners and we believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he was buried, and on the third day he rose again, we begin a relationship with him. Romans 10 verse 9 and 10 says, we believe that in our hearts and we confess that with our mouths. It's important that you connect with God. The truth is there are probably people in this room who've never connected with God, and we're going to give you an opportunity to do that in a little bit. There are probably people in this room that uh, wonder if they have connected with God, and perhaps you struggle with doubt about your salvation. There is no need for you to struggle with doubt about your salvation. God's Word tells us that we can know for sure 
that we have a relationship with Jesus and heaven is our home. Let me encourage you today, if you have any doubt or if you've not connected with God, do that today before you leave uh, this building this morning. The second thing is we need to connect with people. Hey, I'm just going to point and you guys do this because I don't know, something like that. Uh, connect with people. Uh, Ephesians 1:18 says that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. What that passage is telling us there is that we, uh, when, when we are together in community, we understand ourselves better because we allow people to uh, interact with us and help us understand what... I'm sorry, I did touch it. <laughs> You'll fight. <clears throat> James chapter 5, verse 16 says, Confess your trespasses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We need to connect with each other. Statistically, if a person, is not, if a person comes to a church and they are not known in 90 days, they'll find another church where they can connect. We have a need to be connected with one another. We need to be connected with people because we need, number one, we need accountability. We need accountability. We need people who, um, who know us, people who know what our struggles are, and uh, people that can talk to us. The second thing that goes along with that is we need someone who has permission to ch- speak truth into our lives. We need someone who knows and can stop us from doing something stupid. We need those people in our lives that have that permission. We've given them permission to speak to us and to help us stay on the right path. We need someone else's perspective on our parenting. You may be wondering why I put parenting on here. Um, let, me, let me explain this to you. We, we need accountability and we need conversations and we need perspective from other people who are parents. They don't have to have been through the same thing you've been through. You know what? Sometimes just someone who has outside eyes because we get these blinders on when we're doing our parenting. You know what, dads? You know what we do sometimes? We have a tendency as dads to overreact. Any other dads out there, don't raise your hand, but are you with me? You have, we have a tendency sometimes to overreact. Um, the guys that I serve with on staff, man, they're, they're my other perspective when it comes to parenting. They're the guys that I go to, and sometimes they'll tell me, hey, Jeremy, you're overreacting. Hey, there are also times when we hold the reins as parents so tightly that our kids don't have any breathing room. Because in our minds, we're protecting them from the world, when in reality, we're holding those reins so tightly, and reins held tightly without good reason will always produce rebellion in the life of your child. We need someone else's perspective on our parenting, and I appreciate uh, having that so much in my life. The last thing, and perhaps the most important thing, is we need someone to help us take next steps in our spiritual journey. We need people who know where we are and know where we want to be and will help us get from here to there. It's so important for us. And maybe for you, that looks like, your next step looks like getting involved and engaging. Maybe your next step means 
uh, looks like for you that you need to put aside a sin that you've been struggling with for a long time. We need to be connected with others so that we have someone in our lives that can help us take those next steps in our spiritual journey, whatever those things look like. There's a verse in Ecclesiastes um, that, that says this very well. It says, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. I used to go to a different church, and um, there, there was a guy there. As a matter of fact, he was the pastor, and he wore suspenders and a belt. And he said it was, this verse was his reason. It says, two is better than one, for they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, <laughs> one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. There is strength in numbers. There's strength in your being connected with other people. There is strength in you allowing someone to speak truth in your life. True life change happens in relationship. And we make that available um, at, at Peavine by having Accelerate Small Groups. We have Accelerate Small Groups during our 8.30 uh, um, hour. So when we're having 8.30 worship, we launched four new small groups uh, during that 8.30 hour. And so we have them during that time. We have them at 9.45. Many of you just came from small groups uh, into this worship service. And so we have them at 9.45 on Sunday morning. And then we also have them at 6.30 on Wednesday night. It is a great way for you to get connected um, with other people. We have them for varying life stages. And um, we encourage you not to look at your age, but to look at your stage of life and decide what are you going through that's, uh, that the, the group has in common with you. And so we encourage you to get involved. You can find more information on our website um, to find out more about small groups and how um, you can get connected. The next thing is you need to connect with your calling. Ephesians 1.18 says that you may know what is the hope of his calling. God has called us to do something special. Each of us has a talent or gift that we need to use that no one else has. Another passage of scripture, Romans chapter 12, verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Paul is saying you've got gifts, use them, Okay. And then 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And so as we have different gifts and abilities, those different gifts and abilities make up the body of Christ. And so we have those gifts and we want to get plugged in using them. The Bible teaches this about spiritual gifts. Every believer has a gift and it's our responsibility to discover and employ our gifts. And there's a verse I want us to look at in um, 1 Peter 4, verse 10 and 11. It says this, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong glory for, and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Every one of us has a gift. We need to find it 
and use it. The second thing the Bible teaches about our gifts is our gifts, that my gift is not important than your gift. Each of, each of us has a gift, and each of our gifts are important. And sometimes we have the tendency to say about our gifts, we think our gift is better than your gift. And we think we're better than you because of the particular gift that we have. And um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verses 26, starting there, it says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put shame the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord." Our gifts are all equally important, and it's important for us to find them and use them in the body of Christ. Um, We're we're intentional about uh, delivering delivering the gospel in everything that we do. And um, I was in college in Wisconsin, Maranatha Baptist Bible College, along about 1992, right in there, and I was in a preacher boys class. And um, there were two guys in there teaching the class. One was the president of the, of the college, uh, Dr. Arno Q. Winnegar. And um, the other one was the founder of the college, Dr. B. Myron Cedarholm. And those two guys were in there. And one of the preacher boys asked a question. He said, uh, Dr. Winnegar, um, when, you, when you get up to preach, do you still get nervous? Like, you, you've been preaching for a long time. Do you still get nervous? And... Um, Dr. Winnegar said, well, you know, I've been preaching a long time and I've got confidence and I'm comfortable and, you know, I don't get nervous, uh, when I preach anymore. So then he, uh, he asked Dr. Cedarholm the same question. He said, Dr. Cedarholm, you, you've been preaching forever. And Dr. Cedarholm by this time was in his eighties. And he said, you've been preaching forever. And do you still get nervous when you deliver the word of God? And he said, uh, I, every time. I stand in front of a group of people and I deliver the word of God uh, to the people of God or to people who are far from God. I'm a nervous wreck. I've talked about that among our our guys on staff. And when, when when we're doing the thing that God has called us to do, man, we better take it seriously. And whatever your gift is, whatever talent, whatever ability uh, you've been given, you need to take it seriously and do it as to the Lord and allow God... um, to use you in an awesome way. Eternity, someone's eternity is depending on how you employ your gift for the kingdom's sake. Number four, connect with a city. Um, Ephesians 1, 18 and 19 says that you may know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. What that verse is telling us is when we allow God to use us the way he designed us, then he gets the glory and um, some awesome things happen. 
Anybody ever heard of the Pareto principle? It's the 80-20 rule. You know what I'm talking about? The Pareto principle. And the principle, Pareto principle says this, 20% of the effort produces 80% of the results. And they've taken that principle and have applied it to church life to say that 20% of the people in the church are doing the work. They also apply it to giving, and they say 20% of the people in the church do the bulk of the giving. And I know at Peavine, we're better than that. In fact, I'm going to tell you how much better. Did you know that we have, at any given time, we have 570 people serving in some capacity at Peavine Baptist Church, and we are thankful for you. In fact, give yourselves a hand. That's incredible. 570 people. Hey, listen, we're above average. In fact, um, we are, uh, based on our average weekly attendance, we are at 34% volunteerism in the church. You say, Jeremy, what are you doing with 570 people? Well, they're all busy. They're using their gifts and talents for the Lord. And some of those are rotations. So not everybody serves every week. And you say, well, Jeremy, that, that's a good percentage. Why, why, what, what would make you happy? What would make us happy is for each person in this room to discover what it is God has called you to do within the body of Christ and for every single person to be serving, using your gifts, your talents, your abilities, and your passion to make a difference in Peavine City. Am I on point four, guys? Yep, okay. <clears throat> we got this and this, and all that stuff. I, got my, I don't know where I am. I got my pants on. That's good. So, <clears throat> Hey, I got a friend named Justin. Some of you guys know him. His name's Justin Patrick. You guys know Justin. It's Denny's, Denny's son. Um, Justin, is, um, Justin graduated from Georgia Tech with a degree in electrical engineering. Um, and uh, he graduated top of his class. He, he went on from there and got an MDiv from Southeastern Seminary, and uh, Justin is, um, he, he's a big dog in the electrical world. He's amazing. Like, he, he's, he's crazy smart. Justin's a smart guy. Um, you may not know that when you see him, but he is smart. <laughs> uh, he was here at 8.30, so he'll never hear that. Um, but but here, here's the thing about Justin. You know what Justin does week in and week out? Justin is in Rossville, and he's in the sound booth, and Justin is producing the worship service at Peavine City Church in Rossville. Justin is in charge of the hot pipeline that goes from this campus to that campus. Justin is using his gifts and his abilities to serve the Lord in that way. Now, Justin can read Greek and Hebrew, He's probably way more qualified to be doing what I'm doing now than I am. But Justin knows that in Peavine City Church in Rossville, when someone walks the aisle and they give their heart and their life to Jesus, Justin knows it's because he was doing his job that God called him to do in the body. 
Man, that's where we all want to be. We want to be busy doing what it is God has called us to do. Whether you're changing a diaper in the nursery or you're down on the floor playing with a group of kids, you're doing what God has called you to do and it makes a difference for someone else's eternity. When you work with those kids week in and week out in preschool and you think that nothing you're saying is making a difference and then I... I used to get them uh, when they went into first grade and they walk the aisle when they get in first grade and they understand the gospel because you've been teaching it to them for years. It's because you're doing your job. It's so important that we do our jobs. There are some obstacles uh, to connecting with the city and I want to uh, talk through those real quick and I want to tell you how to overcome these obstacles. Number one, the first obstacle is you're not a member. It's a big one you got to be a member of Peavine Baptist Church to serve in any capacity. you got to be a member. But it's not hard to do. I want to tell you how to do it. In fact, here's what you need to do. Uh, during the invitation time, you walk the aisle, you talk to one of our pastors. We're going to ask you some few questions, uh, a few questions, uh, and, uh, and then you become a member. You can stop by a next step station to become a member of Peavine Baptist Church in the low-pressure uh, environment there. And um, so there, there are ways for you to get plugged in. You got to be, uh, you got to have a relationship with Jesus and you got to be baptized as a result of that relationship with Jesus. But you got to be a member. In fact, in most, uh, most serving capacities, you got to not only be a member, but you also have to have a background check. And so it's easy to fix that. The second thing is the ministry that you're passionate about does not currently exist at Peavine. Everything we do, we filter through the lens of our mission and vision. Our mission is to reach every person in Peavine City with the gospel. We say that we are gospel focused. We say that we keep the main thing the main thing. And if whatever ministry you're passionate about doesn't f filter well through the lens of those mission and vision statements, then we don't do it. In fact, we are continually evaluating every program and ministry that we do in this church to make sure that it aligns with the mission and vision of Peavine Baptist Church. You know what Henry Blackaby said? He said, find out where God is working and join him. You know what he based that on? A passage in scripture, it's John 5, 17, where Jesus said about God, my father is always at work, and I am at work with him. That needs to be our heart and our commitment uh, when it comes to the area of ministry we get involved with. Number C, you don't know how. That's on us. We take full responsibility for that. M many of you have told us that you don't see or don't understand or don't know a path forward to serving. We start our C4 classes um, next week, and we are committed to making sure that you understand how to get involved and how to plug in using the gifts and talents, passions, and abilities that God has given you. Um, that's the whole reason while, we do, while we'll be doing this class. And let, let me encourage you, if you're not already signed up, um, then uh, I want to encourage you, you can email. I may have already said this. This is my third sermon. Uh, if I didn't, here it is. You can email connections at pvine.org. Um, it's real simple. And we'll give you all the information um, you would like to know about um, serving and C4. <clears throat> You're too old. 
right? And so uh, sometimes you talk to people about serving in the church and they'll say, hey, you know, I, I, I did that when I was young. It's time, for, it's time for someone else to do that. You are never too old to serve God. Do you know part of the success and the growth of Peavine Baptist Church is because our senior adults have gotten behind the mission and vision of Peavine Baptist Church and they have championed it, championed it and it has made a difference for all of us. And listen to me, Grandpa, somebody's watching you. You are the godliest man that some people who walk through these doors every Sunday see. They're watching you. And you can make a difference in their life for eternity's sake. Get involved serving. And some people, maybe you just aren't physically able. Guess what? You get the most important job. And that's to pray for this place. Pray for the people. Pray for the people who come every week. Pray for the people who are far from God that they would come into relationship with Jesus. So important that all of us get involved. You are not too old. But I got your attention, didn't I? <laughs> the last thing is, you don't think you're good enough. Hey, you know the truth? You're not good enough. None of us are good enough. Except for the blood of Jesus, all of us are incapable of doing anything amazing for Jesus. The truth is the gospel takes our brokenness and our messiness and makes us whole. We are made right by the gospel. We're given the ability to serve God and make a difference because of what Jesus did on the cross. Anything that we do that is good is to the glory of God. There's a story in the Old Testament of a guy named Gideon. You find his story in Judges chapter 6 through chapter 8. It's an amazing story of God using a man in an amazing way. But here's what Gideon thought of himself. He said, I am the least of my household. He said, not only am I the least of my household, but my household is the least of its tribe. He said, not only am I the least of my household, and not only is my household the least of my tribe, but my tribe is least in all of Israel. And then the angel of the Lord appeared to him. You know what the angel said to him? He said, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon was shocked. Like he could not believe that God was talking to him in this way. The angel said, Gideon, here's what you're going to do. Here's what God wants you to do. And then Gideon wrestled with his calling. Do you remember the fleece? He put the fleece out and he wanted a part of, you know the story. And he did that three times. And then, uh, and then finally he surrendered and he did what God wanted him to do. The Israelites were in Midianite captivity because of their wickedness, because their lack of following God's law and God's rules. And God used Gideon, who was faithful doing a job. He was in the wine press, hiding, making food for his people. And out of his faithfulness, God called him to do something amazing. I got a feeling that God's calling some of us to step out of our comfort zone. Maybe get a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe... 
do something that we never saw ourselves doing so that someone has an opportunity to walk the aisle and give their heart to Jesus. This morning, if you have never connected with God, man, that is the first thing we need to do. Maybe this morning you need to connect with God at the foot of the cross, and it begins with you understanding that you're a sinner and you can't save yourself. Believing that Jesus died on the cross and the blood that He shed paid for all of your sins. And then according to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, you believe that in your heart and you confess that with your mouth. Let's stand together and every head bowed and every eye closed. And if God has spoken to your heart and this morning you need to give your heart and life to Jesus in the quietness of this moment, tell God this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died on the cross He was buried, and on the third day, He rose again to pay for my sin. Lord, I ask You to come into my heart, take away my sin, be my Savior. Lord, I give my life to You. No one's looking around. We hope that you've enjoyed the message this week, helping you to apply God's Word to your daily life. For more information about Peavine, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and at our website, www.peavine.org. Thanks for listening.